Hey everyone, this is Mason with Flip the Switch, and I want to give you a brief overview of what to expect in this episode. But first, I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to the trailer for this podcast, and thank you for listening to the first episode. Be forewarned that this is indeed the first episode of hopefully many, and like any first, it has its bumps along the way. I want to give you a brief overview of the episode in case you want to jump around. We spend the first 10 minutes fumbling through introductions and finding our footing. I even go as far as calling Hannah by her maiden name to kick things off. At around the 25-minute mark, we start digging into Hannah's career and what brings out the passion in what Hannah does. I recommend listening from 28 minutes to the end to get an insight into what drives Hannah and why she is so driven, not only in her professional life, but also her personal life. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode, and I don't take that lightly. I've been blown away by the amount of people already listening and subscribing to just the trailer. These episodes and overall quality improvements are driven by knowing that you are listening, and I thank you again for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Mason, and welcome to Flip the Switch, a podcast where we focus on what happens after people turn the switch off from their high-performing workdays and choose to focus on self-improvement. During the season of Flip the Switch, we will be interviewing people from all walks of life, taking a dive into their mindset, rituals, drives, and piecing together why or how they have ended up where they are at. During these podcasts, the first half will be a casual conversation and allow us to get to know the interviewee. As we continue into the conversation, I'll aim to uncover the secrets, habits, and intentional steps people have taken to achieve their success. My goal is to share this so that you may be able to piece together your own habits to form success down the road. I thank you for choosing to take this journey with me and hope you find value in just one of the interviews. Enjoy the show. What's everyone? What's up, everyone? And welcome to the first episode of Flip the Switch. I'm sitting here with a good friend of mine I've known for a while, and she is the honorable episode number one. Uh, so I'll introduce her real quick and just let her uh, tell you a little bit more about herself. Uh, this is Hannah Whitetree. Um, I guess that's the first mix-up. <laughs> this is Hannah Snyder. But anyways. Um, now that the first road bump's out of the way, um, Hannah, go ahead and <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Hannah Snyder, um, formerly known as Hannah Whitetree for many years. So um, I am a brand new mom as of two months ago, and it has been a wild ride and something that I've just waited my whole life for. So I'm excited to be living that part of my life finally. And also newly officially a full-time photographer. And that I also have been working on for not as long as the baby thing, but it has been a lot of work and really exciting process and journey from high school and taking a photography class and absolutely hating it. And just doing it as a hobby and something I loved to what it is today. But yeah, I've spent the last about 10 years-ish, I guess, since high school, traveling a lot, um, moving a lot, Seattle, Portland, had some fun roommates, had some I'm sure we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we had some roommates, you know? Um, and I've just always been the kind of person that... I would call it organized spontaneity. I think for a lot of people, my actions are spontaneous, but for me, it's been well thought out, maybe in the process of like 15 seconds in my head, but it's thought out and I know what I'm doing, even if it doesn't appear like I know what I'm doing, but I turn out fine. My kid's fine. My husband's kind of sane, <laughs> so it's fine. Um, but yeah, I've just spent a long time just doing the things that I felt gravitated towards that make me happy or that I know will benefit my life in the future, whether that's professionally, personally, yeah, financially, all of the allies that you can possibly imagine. So yeah. that's me. Well, it wouldn't be a normal 
Hannah and Mason conversation without leaning into the awkwardness that happened at the beginning of the episode. All the awkward. Oh, oh calling you <laughs> I was like, which part of our Snyder. awkward relationship? Um, so for those of you who don't don't know, me and Hannah have a lot of history. It's a lot of history. <laughs> history classes, history I class. should say. So, um, yeah, I've known Hannah since uh, high school years. She was an awkward uh, underclassman in all of my history classes. But I was in all your history classes but as an underclassman, all, yeah. so therefore I was smarter than probably you. So or cared about history more or than I did. Or maybe care about history too much. So, um, but there's a couple other things that I know that the listeners would love to know about you. So, tell me about your fascination for hot Cheetos. Okay. Well, actually, this is a really good story. Um, I was ten, and I remember going through one of those little drive-through store things and my friend said hey get some hot cheetos and i said that sounds awful but then i tried it and my life changed forever and i realized about 15 years later that it also like caused different health things for me and i didn't realize that they correlated and so it's been a really sad breakup over the last handful of years but you probably still revisit but i do sometimes revisit just the little tiny bags at the store the party, the and I have party to bags. sometimes eat them with like a little paper towel so my husband doesn't see the red on my fingers and so judge me So you're so. hiding the fact that you eat hot yes, Cheetos. But you, I don't know if he'll get this far into the podcast, so maybe you, I'll just make the, him change a baby when we get to this part. I mean, it's four minutes, so I would hope Oh, gosh. That. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I was a hot Cheeto for Halloween a few years ago, and that was a crowd favorite. Didn't win any awards, unfortunately, but isn't it that the year you went up against our yeah Kevin and Boy Scout from Up? No, no? it wasn't that year. But I I haven't won any year, and I'm still very bitter. This year I was Billy Eyelash, in which I was pregnant, and my stomach was an eyeball. And if you're listening and think I should have won instead of Carol Baskin and what's his face again. I have no Joe idea. Exotic. Joe Exotic. I was him. Yeah, I, I don't he was him, I and I just don't agree with it. But apparently, everyone else did. We didn't win either. Oh, just kidding. They didn't win either. They almost well, won. It was a tie. We tied for first, and I lost in arm wrestling. But but that's fine. Yeah, so it's fine. But yeah, that's my history with with hot Cheetos. Yeah. Kind of present, mostly history. Like a secret. Yeah. Relationship. It's like an out secret now. Nice. But. So I have a fun little question. Um, if you had to choose between NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, who would you pick and why is it the Backstreet Boys? No, um, it's NSYNC and we all know why. And this is the perfect month to do this. Um, and if you don't know why I'm saying that, then you need to get educated and, and, and uh, research. Um, but NSYNC was actually my first NSYNC was my first concert, Backstreet Boys was my first CD, and they both have their qualities, but I think NSYNC kind See? of forever. It, it's, no. it's lasted the test of time. Aaron Carter was like yeah, but related is, to the Backstreet no Boys, and I met Aaron Carter, and that wasn't like the best experience, <laughs> so I'm just going to go with the other way. The Backstreet Boys is still a thing. They've, they've lasted the test of time. Um, NSYNC just... Crumbled yeah. and became Justin Timberlake. That's true, but that's all that mattered. It's true. You know, you can't even name somebody from the Backstreet Boys besides Nick Carter. Uh, AJ. Uh, I don't know his last name. Yeah, McLean, I think. It's probably it. Yeah, it probably is. But good to guess is mine. Hey, it is what it is. All right. Agree to disagree. So they're both second fiddle to your favorite yes. artist. So who would that be? So um, it would be Panic of the Disco. Um, Brendan Urie is a human version of a high note. And it's like one of those high notes that only dogs can hear, um, but that they love to hear. And it just soothes them. I don't know if that metaphor works. I don't think it did either, but it's just, you'd have to experience it. Um, I made my husband experience it before we got married because if he couldn't handle it, he couldn't handle me. And now he chooses when I'm listening to something else on a long car ride to say, we haven't listened to panic in a while. And he starts to panic and we all start to panic and the baby loves it. We have a lullaby playlist that does 
like emo music from the, like 2010 and it's just lullabies. Oh, it's so good. So I'm teaching them young. I will say one, I would say, cause I like, I like Brandon Neering, but I don't listen to them. I don't think anyone can listen to them as much as you do. Yes. But I like his version of the greatest the showman. showman song. Yeah. I will listen He's to that pretty, on repeat and for a while. on Frozen 2. He does I Into the Unknown. I haven't watched either of those movies. Yep. And I don't just I really will. anything he does. But yes, He's also good. that. He is. So um, going back to something that probably people would like to know more about. What's it like being a new mom? <laughs> to be honest, it's. I feel like people tend to try and scare you prior to being a parent. And I was a nanny for four years, so maybe it wasn't as scary for me. And maybe I just have a really easy kid who like doesn't cry at night. He's just like, <clears throat> I'm hungry. And we get up and feed him and put, put him back down. He's good. So maybe I just haven't experienced certain things yet, but I think I get more rest now than before because I was just always go, go, go all over the place, never stop moving. So I've been forced to slow down and be with him, which I love. And he's so cute. And I just stare at his face and poke his face and try not to pop his little baby zits all the time. You're not supposed to do that. You're not. And I don't, okay. but I want to. It's true. Because there's a lot. Yeah. I, th I would say out of all of our friends, <clears throat> you were definitely one that was looking forward to the most that I know of, or at least you expressed yeah. it the most. Um, I always looked forward to being a father, but it was never at the degree that you <laughs> that were. I was a whole, whole nother level. So, which is great. Yeah. Um, so what, what was it about becoming a mom that was so attractive to you? Um, I've always loved kids since I was little, little. I mean, there's pictures of me when I'm like three or four and I'm trying to like take care of little kids. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see them. So <laughs> just imagine, but I just, I love in general, the way people think and especially being a nanny, it's so interesting to see how kids think and how it sounds really cliche, I guess, but like children are the future <laughs> and understanding why kids are the way they are and what they go through and things I went through as a kid, why I am the way I am. And I try not to analyze the people around me. If I wasn't a photographer, I would probably be a therapist. Um, but I understand why people are the way they are without them telling me because of things that they unleash, I guess, about their kids or this or that. Like, the pieces get put together. And I think that's really interesting and yeah. kind of sad sometimes when I see kids going through things or experiencing different things. And I know more or less how that could affect them. And being a nanny, I tried to navigate how to veer away from those becoming potential problems in the future. Yeah. And I took it really seriously and I just, they're great and I'm already ready for more. And I told my doctor that and he told me stop. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you there because um, my son is two now or almost two. And I think about all the things that I went through as a kid through just growing up with a single mom or uh, dealing with the popular kids and not being popular in school. And I think of all of those like moments of like, gosh, there were so many like painful moments, but I wouldn't trade those for the world. But how am I supposed to watch this child that I love unconditionally go through those same things yeah. and like not influence? Cause you always hear about like, you don't want like to be the helicopter dad or the helicopter mom and like, protect them from everything and you don't want to like like find a balance yeah but you also like like there's some stuff that I'm like frick like I would hate to go through that again and I don't know if I would want to but at the same time like I can reflect on it and see the value so it's like I guess yeah it's just that weird conundrum of yeah. how do you but I think there's ways that by going through it you can influence them in a way that's not obvious yeah like super and, direct and help them think in a way that when they are confronted with those things, they think about it differently than you did. Yeah. And they, I mean, he's growing up in a different situation than you did as far as like, you know, 
you and Kelsey are married. Yeah. And so it's like that alone Being changes the dynamic. Like- and it's just, I mean, things with me, it's just understanding what we both have gone through and then making it the best we can without being overbearing. The hell, yeah, the helicopter Yeah, which parents. is, I think, hard when you know what you've gone through. Yeah. So. Well, um, so you kind of mentioned it earlier. You've traveled a lot. Yes. And so you've been, you've lived in Washington, California, Idaho, Portland, or Oregon. Um, but you've also traveled abroad. So where have you, like, where's all the places you've visited and... And where was your favorite one to visit? Um, I, my first plane trip ever was when I was 18 and I went to Australia and got semi stranded there. I got semi stranded there and I worked for some people that were scary and tried coming home and couldn't come home. And then I came home obviously. And, but it was such a cool experience and I would love to go back. Um, other than that, it had been a few years since that, and I went to Germany for my friend's wedding, aka your sister-in-law, aka your birthday, aka on my birthday. So really, she had it. Okay, for the record, she had a wedding here in Idaho, and then also went in Germany because her husband's German. But it was on my birthday, so really, it was my birthday, and she was invited and if to wear her wedding any dress. Of Hannah's Snapchats or yes. stories. You know, I don't drink wine, and there's a reason. We'll just put it at that. Um, but on that trip, it was my 25th birthday, and so after the wedding, I went to um, Italy and Ireland and um, Paris. I was going to say you went in Paris. Yeah, I went to Paris. Um, I've been to Belgium and Thailand. Been to Thailand twice. Um, Bali, we went for our honeymoon. Canada, I don't know if that counts. Yeah. Mexico, like barely. Yeah. <laughs> like barely, barely yeah. Mexico. We dipped our toes in Mexico. Yeah, we were like, like oh, hey, yeah, we're technically there. in Mexico, Mexico. Um, yeah, but my favorite... Not, not because anything super grand happened. Oh, Iceland. I went to Iceland. Um, was Ireland. It just was, I was by myself for that trip other than the wedding. And it was just so peaceful. And I told my husband I wanted our first like family trip to be there. But now my brother-in-law is getting married in Maui and on Tuesday. So not quite Ireland, <laughs> but it's fine. It's warm. It's warm. It'll be 77 and partly sunny. I, I looked you. it up. Um, so, yeah, I love to travel. And growing up not having really done those things, I kind of just unleashed. And so it, it's been a little difficult for me this last year and a half sitting on a Germany ticket that I can't go on. To, that I was supposed to go see Sarah, yeah. your sister-in-law. It's okay. Um, I, I missed out on that, too. Yeah. So it's been hard, but it's life. So one day I will go and my husband refused really to travel. He didn't like it at all, which is crazy that he, I married him. Ironically though, like I can, I can relate to that because before me and Kelsey moved to Portland, like I was like, yeah, I'm fine with it. Like I don't need to go anywhere. And then I went places. I was like, I'd like to do that more. I have to do these things more. (laughs) Yeah. And now he loves it and wants to, he has a passport that took him two and a half years to get. He got it right before our honeymoon. That's a problem. Um, it's very, yeah, I'm excited for the world to open back up so we can see it with our son and future babies. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, partly why I think you like to travel a lot. I'm going to kind of make an assumption here is because you're also a photographer, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so like, seeing the world for all of it has to offer has to be like, cause I go, I go to places and it's like, okay, like this is really nice, but I'm, I'm good with it. Um, do you feel like the more places you visit, you're like, wow, like it almost just like sparks not only creativity, but like the need to see more because I mean, for people that haven't even visited outside the U S like you go, even if it is just Canada or Mexico, like it's so, different. Yeah. And so it's like, it's one of those things where you can't really express it until you experience it. So do you, do you feel like, do you feel like the traveling bug helped kind of like the photographer in you come alive or was it the photographer in you that like sparked traveling? Um, 
I definitely think that I've always had a desire and love for both, but I do love my biggest thing with photography is storytelling. And so I think seeing different parts of the world and seeing different stories, I mean, since pretty much I went to Australia, I've been just on the go ever since. And I moved to Seattle and I went to school and everybody I knew was here. So I would travel back and forth to here. And then I moved to Portland and then still traveled back here and moved to California. Moved to California and I still came out here. And then I moved here and I'm going other places now. And so I just, I like to be on the go. I like to keep moving and I like human interaction and understanding people, like I've said before. And so through photography, I'm able to see more on the surface and below the surface. I actually did handful of years ago and I really would like to do it again is a tattoo series that I called Dermis, which I thought was really good. For those who don't know, Hanny is all about the puns. Um, My business name is Anomaly, which is my name and Anomaly, which is my favorite word. So it just happens that way. Um, It's fine. But um, I called it Dermis, which I don't know if it was actually a real word. I know I epidermis is, <laughs> and that's kind of what it was a playoff of that the epidermis is the like top layer of skin. And so dermis is, you know, trying to get under that and see people through their tattoos in that specific instance. And so, yeah, I think the more that I've traveled, the more people that I've gotten to meet. I have a really good friend in Thailand. Her name is Emmy that I met a few years ago when I went. Um, and we've kept in touch a lot and it's just been really cool to, I did a wedding for a girl I met on that trip also like very briefly I met her and she added me on Facebook and I did her wedding a couple of years ago. She is from England. Her husband's from San Diego, they met in Thailand. They got married in Vegas. So it's pretty cool. You know, it's just been a cool. When you've always thing. been someone who can like, partly because you're adventurous, but you like you've never had an issue making new friends. Yeah, it's always been a gift that you've had, and I've certainly noticed. Like that story, just kind of. I was the awkward girl that. in history class, but now he's my friend. Yeah, <laughs> so. you've embraced the awkwardness. <laughs> I win. So, um, let's let's change gears a little bit into okay. so being a photographer, um, you kind of mentioned it. you kind of took a class in high school, hated it. Um, I remember you kind of taking, picking it up, quote unquote, um, kind of more just like passively. And you had like a couple random people like, Hey, can you do this video shoot? Or, Hey, can you do this wedding? And you're like, yeah, I can do this. And like, for the people that don't know you, you go, you've said a couple times, but you go zero to 60. So it was like, Oh yeah, I can do a full wedding for free next weekend and I'll drive to Seattle when I live in Coeur d'Alene. Like that's just your personality. So, um, tell us like what shifted from going from, I hate photography to I'm now going to like do this full time and this is my livelihood. Yeah. I mean, I always loved it, but it was kind of like my relationship with like English class. I hated writing, but I love to write yeah. it's because I just don't like this sounds really angsty, but I just don't like being told what to do creatively. Yeah. So having to be so structured that was required of me, like doing the ABCs around town on buildings and fi- like stuff like that. It just, I couldn't do it. And it just yeah. kept me in a box and I'm tiny, but I don't fit in no boxes. <laughs> so, um, that didn't work. Um, but I mean, it, it was about what, five years ago and I was living with some people in Portland. Spoiler alert. It was, it, it was, was my wife, Kelsey and me. Yes, it was them. And kind of got an ultimatum to either start charging what I'm worth or get off the pot. Mm, whoever told you that. Yeah, it really was really, smart. really good advice. <clears throat> and me. my thing was I loved to do it and I, you know, would do things for free or this or that. But I just, it made me anxious to make it 
professional or to charge for it because if I did that, I didn't want it to be ruined well, by I, the business part of it. Yeah. And I, I think a part of it too is you kind of touched on it and I experienced the same thing too. And like school is so like structured in a way. And I really feel like the couple of years, like our quote unquote generation or our class of people, like so it was so much harder because we could see that like this box doesn't work for me. Like the box of school never worked for me. Like the only reason I feel like I succeeded is because I knew at the end of the day, like I just need to follow these rules, get an A and I'm good. Like I wasn't worried about, yeah. I wasn't worried about memorizing anything. I, don't, I couldn't care less about geometry, but I knew that if I could do, do these for, formulas and get the passing grade, I was fine. Yeah. But like you said, like that creativity really just kind of sparks when you're like allowed to like do your own thing and watching you make that jump from doing it for free to charging what you're worth. The biggest thing that I remember you sharing with me was like, I didn't have any formula, formal education. And we knew people that had formal education in photography. And I think that was one of the bigger shifts or perspective shifts that you had to yeah. like wrestle with because like, as people will see when they look up your stuff, like you're legit, like it's really Too good. Legit, and, it's, <laughs> and it's only gotten better. Like, the, f the pictures that you did when I like graduated, graduated <laughs> ASU a couple years ago. I think we put ago. a Corona, oops, <laughs> it was Corona, I think, like can in your back pocket. Like, yeah. I don't know what that was about. Like it was about. super cheesy, but like those pictures were good. But like we look at your pictures now and it's like, <laughs> you'd almost be like, thinking? why would I you take this shot? That? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I get all of that being said, like, w like what is it that you like, you're always getting better. Like, I feel like every shoot you have is just like, wow, like you've somehow taken a next step when I like, as someone who observes photography from my work and just obviously being your friend, like I didn't even know that there was that next level and you seem to keep hitting it. So like, what is it about photography that you're just able to continue to fine tune your craft? Yeah. Um, I would say about seven or eight years ago, I just was kind of pushed into the world of being mentored in a completely different arena. Um, and because of that, I knew the value of mentorship. And for me, that's been a big, big thing and something that I never want to stop doing. And I think it's vital to growth. Oh, hundred percent. And every time I'm, you know, growing in my business and I see the, the money coming in and finally, okay, like I've bought this gear and I've done this and I've done this. I'm finally can just see it go up instead of taking a couple thousand dollars here, a couple thousand dollars here for whatever reason, for yeah. mentorship, for a workshop, for new gear, which I just bought. Oops. Um, that it's paid off tenfold last year in what was supposed to be probably the worst year of business and was for a lot of people. I, in March, reached out to a girl that I had done workshops with, who's a really great photographer out of Oregon. Her name's Andy Avery. And I set up a personalized one-on-one 10 week mentorship program, including two shoots with a couple and um, like a wedding style type shoot. And my I asked a lot of questions. I was really honest and really vulnerable with the things that I struggled with or I wanted to get better at because for so many years I had this really prideful, really dumb when you say it out loud now phrase of, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know exactly what I'm doing. Like for some reason, the raw talent that I, you know, I had was over overbearing or it's taking over the actual humility of being able to learn yeah. and do things correctly. And the business side of things, which make made me hyperventilate because it's just not my thing. I'm like 98% creative. So the thought of taxes and a business license, you weren't and, thinking about ooh, any of that. It just was so hard for me. Yeah. So mentorship I think has been the biggest when I think like back reason. then younger like you're not worrying about all that stuff 
Like you're just I didn't like, even really hey, know. Like, yeah. And I didn't really like, have anybody to tell me that that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So you just had, you just, had a handful of people say, hey, like you take really good photos. You should be charging more for that. this. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll do this. And you were, like I said, taking every shoot under the sun, driving six hours both ways in a 48 hour span and pumping out these pictures in like 48 hours, which I want people to realize that again, like (laughs) you would go to a wedding on a Saturday and nine times out of 10, they would have all of their photos delivered and edited to them in like three days. That's crazy. Which is crazy. I will always say that's crazy. (laughs) I'm still amazed that like, that I, I mean, I guess I didn't sleep. I told you guys, no, I get more sleep, sleep now being in a mom of a two month old than I have in the last 28 years. So yeah, yeah, I just don't know how to stop. Well, I, bet, stops I think, I think that's good. Um, I mean, it kind of leads right into, so before this interview, I asked a handful of questions yeah. just because that's who I am. And I asked you to define a high achiever and I'm going to read this too. And then we're going to discuss it a little bit. So Hannah said, doing right by people who entrust me with their lives, their memories, and their money. That if I or they feel dissatisfied, that it will always be made right. I don't believe in the bare minimum. One, that's an awesome definition in my opinion, but I really love when you say, I don't believe in the bare minimum. So I'd like to kind of like dive into that. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, what is, like, what is that to you? Um, I think knowing that you have a talent or just because you can do something with ease and with, you know, with your eyes closed and don't have to think about it. It's on an automatic, you know, system that you just kind of sometimes can get complacent in that and feel like this is my work and you knew what to expect. Yeah. I mean, but there's been, there was a wedding I did and there was one, one family photo that was like a little bit messed up. And I just <laughs> was like, we can do a mini shoot to, to like just do a little family shoot because I just felt so bad. And I feel like, which was the issue of why I didn't charge before is because number one, I would do it for free. Number two, people were trusting me with yeah. not that much money at the time, but a lot of money now for weddings, for birth birth like we'll we'll make your baby grow a cone head that it didn't already have like when i think too like the the added layer of pressure that pressure yeah not only kind of bleeds into this but i think like is a double-edged sword for people like you and me is there's no retakes like there's no like oh hey like we'll just shoot the next wedding next week and it's fine i'll fix it there or like oh yeah like i can i can get these pictures later of your baby being born like right you have one shot like no pun intended. I'm really proud of that no, one. Yeah. <laughs> that like if you can't recreate Make those that moments, caption. <laughs> you can't recreate those moments. And so it's like, but it's very fitting for someone like you who like you take it really seriously. And yeah. it's, it's like you said, it's not just about the money or the time. It's about that moment in their life that yeah. you're like, you do a beautiful job because you capture the aesthetic and the essence of what's happening. So like there's a lot of pictures that you take that you can feel the photo, Mm -hmm. which isn't like, it's not easy to do. Like I could take a really good photo, but it's going to be really, really hard for me to ever like get a photo taken just right to where someone feels something. And I feel like that's, that's really what sets you apart is you care so much about these people and these jobs that you somehow recreate that feeling that they're, they felt at the moment. Yeah. Which is really cool. I say it on my website and I forget exactly how I say it, but I want people to feel a sense of deja vu in a way where at your, for instance, a wedding, cause I do other shoots that aren't weddings or birth, but, and they technically can be reshot, but still it's, yeah. it's still a matter of if you're not leaving there, not just like, no, it's well, okay. <laughs> Well, it's yeah. fun. <laughs> like if you're, if you didn't have a good time and if you don't love your pictures, cause I don't want you to like your pictures cause that's not what you paid me for. <laughs> like I want you to love them. Um, that for a wedding, I want you to experience that day for all that it is, all the craziness, all the whatever, happy, frustrating bridesmaids Blurred. won't listen, you know, some groomsman's drunk and whatever, like just take it all in. And then I want you to look at your pictures and just live that same day in a completely different yeah. 
specific way in moments that people know I'm there for about 30 minutes and then they forget I exist. And that's the first time I've ever wanted to be like invisible (laughs) and people just being who they are and allowing me to get them at themselves instead of their best. Yeah. So, well, and I think like that kind of goes into like the second part of your definition, which is in very Hanny fashion. (laughs) And you say, Hanny don't play the easy way. Yeah. In fact, she'll sometimes accidentally play the hardest way because that's the right way which I think is, it's beautiful because it's, it's everything that you just said. Like you could just chalk it up like, Oh, like that family photo isn't the greatest. Well, well, there's always one, like there's always that one bad photo. Like you could easily just tell yourself that like every photo shoot's going to have one bad photo. It's fine. Like they're not even going to notice, but like what sets you apart and why I believe you continue to get so many referrals and rebookings for other shoots and things like that is because they don't get those. Like there's no like bad photo. Like there's photos that are used less than others, but that's just, that's, that's normal. Right. But like if someone was to randomly go through your photos of delivery, like they're not going to find a bad one, which I think is like you said, like it's so important to you to recreate that feeling for like deja vu. Right. To where they can't like, they're not going to go through and be like, Oh, like, that's a bad photo, but I have these other ones that are great. So the money's worth it. Like, like you said, you don't want it to be like worth it. You want it to be like blown away. Yeah. And I think I put it in one of the questions, but you also lived it out working at Starbucks with me. Mason and I just have a lot of, again, a lot of history, a lot of history that I, I don't think I take my personal life as a perfectionist, but when it comes to doing a service like photography or making coffee, I would get, maybe I was like this more after working with you, but I just had, I would go home and be like, that person asked for light ice and I gave them extra ice. (laughs) I would just be so distraught because especially at Starbucks when you're spending like $8 for a coffee, I don't want to give you a cappuccino because not every drink is a cappuccino, but when people don't know how to, you know, do it right, turns into that and you just spent $7 on air and that's just not okay with me yeah and it i think about it way more than i should well and what's and crazy so when it comes is, to people and memories it's it's a yeah well and what's funny is like i distinctly remember plenty of times where like you would be working and someone would order something like you don't want that you're actually wanting it this way and they'd be like what and you're like yeah you're ordering it wrong like it's gonna be better this way and you'd like convince them to change their drink and then like they would like nice way. and then they well yeah of course you but, don't want that <laughs> That's not what you want. Smack it out of there. But what would happen is you would take that extra time in the middle of a rush, which <laughs> was great. <laughs> so great. Um, but you would take that time and like there were plenty of regulars. I remember when you and I were leaving because we left Portland about the same time. Like mm-hmm. I didn't get anything from customers. Like I was leaving too, but no one cared. But like you had like a handful of like farewell cards and like small little gifts, which I think is incredible. Like for because I loved Starbucks. And it definitely like it served like it provided with me a lot of everything. Like yeah. Starbucks is a great company. I will never badmouth them. But like you just continued to take it to a next level in your small little time that you were there. Um, which I think is awesome. But I think it definitely goes to show like you were definitely like when you showed up, you put that apron on, or when you showed up and you put your camera on, like I know from working with you and being a customer from you with your photos, like you're there for you're there to work and it's not like, Oh yeah. Like I take photos. This is great. Like I love doing this as a part-time gig. Like you're like, no, like, like I'm going to make this the best experience of your life because I'm the best right now. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'd say something, but I don't know what to say. This is take where you, <laughs> just take it and walk take away <laughs> as we whisper sweet nothings to yes. people. Um, okay. So, one thing that one reason why I'm interviewing you, why I'm interviewing the people that I'm interviewing is because I feel like everyone's a high performer, a high achiever in their own regard. Um, like people have already found out about you, like your high performances in photography, that's your job, that's your passion. You love doing it. Um, but I'm, I'm always interested in is like, how do we turn off? Like, how do we hang the camera up, put our feet up and like relax? And I think this is where you and I, are very similar to where like our off switch is either broken or hidden because <laughs> I'm still looking for it at times. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I asked, um, I asked Hannah 
what she does to flip the switch. And this is her answer. And then we'll dive into a couple questions. She says, I find it hard to completely switch off. I come home and gush about my clients to my husband, edit enough photos to usually have a sneak peek that night or the next morning. I want people to hear that again. That night or the next morning, which sometimes you're doing these photo shoots at like four or five in the afternoon, which again is or ridiculous. Weddings. <laughs> or weddings. Yeah. Up on your feet for 10 hours. Anyways, um, <laughs> as my baby gets older and I have more babies, they will be my flipping the switch. When it comes down to it, if I ever had to choose, I choose my family. So it's intentionality I want to give as a parent always. So the intentionality I want to give as a parent is to always be, that's awesome. And I think it's something that I can really relate to because like I said earlier, being raised by a single mom, like I have a great relationship with, great relationship with my dad. Um, and there's so much that I still have to learn the like what he did behind the scenes, I just wasn't aware of. Um, but I think it's so powerful and it's definitely something that's like a, a key point for me too, is knowing that as these, as our kids get older, like being present. So what, what's it like building this business, building your little anomaly empire the last couple of years and then realizing that like, okay, like this is going really good but I also don't want to lose sight of what's most important, which is my family. What are, what are some things that you're either already thinking about or already even had to navigate as you're trying to balance that? I mean, I think, well, I think even being pregnant, um, I had to, it was really hard for me because I had a stop date. I had like 12 weeks, which is insane. Cause I was like, give myself six weeks before and six weeks after. And I was losing my mind because I just wanted, I was so bored, frankly, for the six weeks prior, I just had nothing to do. I had officially left my coffee shop job and was going full-time in photography, but then I was also stopping doing photography. So I stopped having new content and I was just bored and tired throughout the day. And then I wouldn't post as much, which is really silly because I'm not doing anything. So why not? And I just felt really frustrated. And then I'd have a bunch of people asking me to book last minute. And I had to be like, okay, no, like you can't say yes, because what if it's snowing? What if you fall? Yeah. And it's that that's not worth it. And of course it was really nice weather for most of the time. And I lost out on a lot of work, but I had to physically restrain myself because I am not good at flipping that switch. So it was just, that was an adjustment itself. And then since having him, I mean, it's been an interesting dynamic trying to figure out, I mean, even to come here today, I'm like, all right. I'm going to leave my child. He he pooped. You got it. Like, which is really nice. My husband works from home right now, which I know isn't the case for everybody. And so just to have him there to do what pretty much everything, but things he can't do, um, has been really nice and helpful. And he's always been really supportive of my photography. Yeah. And so, I feel like I got a little tangent and almost forgot. The no, I think question. it's fine. But um, I have slowly eased into coming back to work, and I've had a handful of shoots. And I've it's like when you haven't had ice cream for a long time, and you get a gooey, and you just eat the whole thing, and then nobody else gets any. Um, because I've just was out of it for so long, and I got new gear, so that's yeah. been really exciting. But if my kid needs me or if my husband's been working all day and I know that he's going to be working all day tomorrow, I'd rather put it off. I'm going to work fast anyway. Anyone that's been a client of mine knows they're going to get their pictures back timely. And if it's over the time that I feel like is good, it's still still way less than you thought it was going to be. Yeah, still faster than everybody else. So that's something I need to work on. Yeah, I've just prioritized based on what my life currently is and allowed myself to do that instead of beating myself up for not being everything for everyone all the time. Yeah. So just adjusting to that. There's another question to that and kind of, it takes a step back a little bit, but where do you think that work, work, work mentality comes from? Like 
that's something that I've always thought about like with myself. Like mm-hmm. I look back on my life experiences and like I experienced a lot of ad- adversity, whether it's through sports or my personal life or relationships. Um, but I, I still feel like I can never quite put like my finger on like why I have this go hundred miles an hour. And when you can't go any faster, like go faster. Mm-hmm. So like, where do you think that, like, do you have an idea of like where that started with you or like why you're like that? Like, yeah. And I think the little emo girl is going to come out me right now. <laughs> um, but I just feel like I've been alone most of my life. Like I feel like I've pretty much spent a lot of like my childhood and adolescence and even a, even being an adult and having friends, but being at a distance for the last 11 years and back and forth, it's been hard to, I've maintained those friendships because I've made it a point to, Yeah. but it's like, I haven't had the ability to be in one place at one time. And I think, I don't know if this is the right term, but like fight or flight, where I knew that if anything was gonna happen, it was up to me. And so I kind of just got on this, mentality of if you want it, you have to do it yeah, and do it well, because why? And and that's kind of where that whole spontaneous kind of thing comes about. It's like, I want to go to Australia. I'm 18. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going, I went to college and then I said, you know, what? I'm not paying $30,000 a year to do this. And I don't yeah. even know if I want to do what I'm doing. And I didn't. And then from that being in crazy debt, and getting out of it in two and a half years because I chose to, because yeah. I knew that I'd be 28 and a half with a two month old and a husband and not want debt and not want these things. And so my mentality has always just been towards the future Yeah. because I knew the way I grew up or the relationships I had with friends or family and how I wanted those to be different and how I had to make that my I couldn't rely on other people to make those choices for me. So I did it and I did it kind of with blinders on and it, I didn't really feel like I was going a million miles a minute. Yeah. But anyone around me, it was like, Felt like a it. Tasmanian devil. And they're like, what? when I think <laughs> I, you hit on something really powerful, there is like you had a perspective shift, like you chose. So like you chose to go to Australia when everyone was like, why would you do that when you're 18? You're like, because I can. And why would I drop out of college and do something else? Because I can, like, I feel like so many people get paralyzed with, oh, like I've already committed this. So I guess I have to do it. Even though that in their mind, body and soul, they despise it. They don't want to do it anymore, but they feel like they have to like follow through with this fictitious fake promise and expectation that someone put on them. And I think that's, what's been so powerful about you and like just being a friend and like watching it happen is like the spontaneous thing like is almost like a jealousy from other people. Like the fact that you're able to be like, I'm going this way hundred miles an hour. I don't like this way anymore. I'm going to go this way hundred miles an hour. And everyone else on the outside is like, how can you do that? And you're like, because I can, and because I want to, and because I, yeah. like, I have to, I and get think to that choose. bothered me for a while that people were like, well, you get to do this. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I was getting out of debt, when I was 20 to 20, I got out of debt three weeks before I turned 22 and stayed out of debt that people were like, you're wasting your twenties. I said, nah, <laughs> I'm choosing to spend 20 to 22. 21 to 23 right now to do this so that I can have 23 to life to enjoy. So when I'm 25, I can go to Germany for my birthday, not Sarah's wedding and travel by myself. And I know people were like, don't do that. But for me, it's always just been just why not? Yeah. And I, I think I have really good intuition, especially with myself that I, I go real hard for the things I believe in, even if I'm wrong sometimes, like in relationships, but that's a whole other story. That's a whole other (laughs) podcast. podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm, I can be really stubborn, but I think it's gotten me to where I am. And I'm, I'm, I think, you know, this, anyone who knows me knows this. I'm not really ashamed of my stubbornness. I can be annoying as a friend for me to be stubborn the way I am, but I just, it's kind of this mentality of, if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And there's something else. Like if I leave college 
and something happens, then it happens. Mm -hmm. But I'm making this decision because I know it's the right thing for me, whether or not it looks like it. Yeah. One, I I think it's, it's so powerful. Like the fact that you can say you're debt free because while you were choosing to get debt free, a lot of people, a lot of kids our age at that time, 20 to 23, were choosing to get further into debt and going to school with like not really a, a strict direction and like just like going through the motions because that's what they're supposed to do. So like for you to wake up in a sense and pivot from that allows you one, so much more freedom now because you're debt free, but two, like it's gotta be like just getting so much weight off your shoulders because I mean, my wife and I right now, we're getting debt free and we're pretty close and we've always been really good with our money, but we could always do better. And so like, that's what we're doing this year. Like we've changed, we've taken this year to do better. And so like, I just imagine what the feeling is when we get everything paid off is like what you've been feeling for the last five plus years, which has got to be incredible because like you said, like you can travel and be like, I have no debt to worry about. Like, that's awesome. And that allows you to do so much more with your life. Um, which I just think is really cool. Thanks. Yeah. I'm pretty cool. (laughs) So what does it look like? Um, five, 10 years from now. So your business is kicking butt right now. You have a beautiful little boy, a beautiful husband. Beautiful. And, um, like, what is it, what is it like? What's the five, 10 year goal for you guys? Um, well, my husband works in the wine industry and we used to live in Napa and I know he has, I didn't realize this when we got together, but I know I've noticed over the years, the last few years that he has a lot of the same ambition and drive that I have. It's just, he was at the same job for 10 years and I'm just (laughs) all over the place, but I hope for him that he finds whether it's wine or whatever it can be that he finds that thing and excels in it. Because Mm -hmm. when we moved here, I think it was really hard for him, especially yes, everything that went on in the world, but just, it was really hard for him to go from something he was a master at and just be put in this situation where he's like, cool. (laughs) I have no idea. And for me, I want to, I mean, I want to travel, I want to be traveling more and bring my family with me to these weddings and internationally. I want, you know, to have a solid booked out year, half a year booked out the next year. I just, I want, I always hoped for consistency and it's finally happened and it continues to happen. Yeah. Um, so just maintaining consistency, having, 16 more kids. Um, that's, that's a lot. It's fine. It's going to be, it's going to happen. And yeah, I just kind of be where I am now, but a better version with a lot more children. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so like you just said, your business is, is going to continue to grow. Um, I just know that about you because like we talked about, Annie don't play that. That's why (laughs) Annie doesn't have a slowdown button. That's why. No. Um, but what are like, again, I just keep coming back to this. Like you're such a hard worker and you're passionate about what you do. Um, what, what is like, what's the foundation? Like why, like what's at the core of everything? What, what keeps everything pumping? Okay. Let's get shovels deep in here. Um, I mean, I just, I've forever had the life that I currently have like in my head and wanted so badly and prayed for forever and was really hard to watch all of my friends live that life and think back seven years ago being at your wedding and being like oh it's gonna happen for me real soon (laughs) I got married last September or not last September (laughs) September before that it's been a year and a half. Um, and so I think there's been so much buildup and there's been so many other whys, I guess like this yeah. has been my why for my whole life. And now that I have it, it still is, but in a way of fostering it and in a more adult mentality of yeah. 
okay, I actually have a husband. I actually have a human, uh, not adult, <laughs> human child that depends on me and I have to, I, it just a shift of perspective of longing versus living it. Yeah. Now, it's like that balance that of like, out. you've, I brought this up a couple times, like you've been, you're a master at shifting your perspective. And so it seems like when a lot of people would be like, oh, I have this goal of family, a good photography business. And once that happens, like I'm good. And you had that, that sort of goal, you hit it and then you're like, nah, I want more. And so it was yeah. like, you were able to like build that momentum and just be like, okay, I'm going to take this momentum here. And I'm going to shift it here and we're just going to keep going to where a lot of people would just coast. Right. Which I think is again, well, like what continues to set you apart from other photographers and just why you've been so successful. And there's so many people that words of mouth, like I go on Facebook and someone's like, Hey, I need a photographer. And I always see your name on there. Always. Yeah. There's at least a couple of people saying your name. There's a bunch of likes with it. And like, you just have so many glowing recommendations because of just how much again, passion you have. And I think I, I love people. And so I think that at the root of photography is I love stories and I love people and it's the best <laughs> avenue, I guess, yeah. to do that. And I love the visual of it, but yeah, I just, I want to continually make new friends and new relationships. And I think that's so important to me. And I know that I could be a good photographer and I know there are so many good photographers, great photographers, but if you don't have a relationship with people it's like okay that was those were pretty yeah. photos but I want I don't want it to be a transaction I want it to be a relationship based yeah thing and yeah like I said or you said earlier I go home and I like so let me tell you about my shoot and he's like cool, cool. <laughs> and I'm like no but you out of here the funny thing that happened and he's I like, guarantee nice. like eight, to, eight out of ten times you're like they're my best friend now and he's like you've known them for an hour Oh, and Calm then I'll down. show him little reels or TikToks of funny things about photography. And he's like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> so he lets me be me. And my my clients let me be me. Yeah. And if you know me, which you know me, that's all I really <laughs> have ever wanted is to be able to be myself and be accepted for myself. Mm -hmm. So I finally found something that I could do exactly that and allow other people to be themselves Yeah. at the same time. It's been a beautiful marriage. Marriage. <laughs> so, um, well, we've, uh, we've almost gone an hour, which is really cool. I, uh, I'm the one trying to not <laughs> talk for yeah. six hours because that's that usually know, my job. Yeah. So I'm trying to... <laughs> people that don't know, Hannah's got like this floodgate of like tangents that she's just holding back and she's doing really good. So he I asked me to do a podcast. I said, Ooh, <laughs> how long a you series? got? <laughs> Hanny, a series, <laughs> maybe later. Yeah. Well, there'll be, there'll be other parts I'm, I imagine. But so I just have a couple more questions. Um, and so these are just kind of off the cusp, just whatever comes to mind. So let's say you've lost all your possessions. Okay. And you have to start over. Easy. How do you start over? Like what, like with Hannah's burning fiery passion of building what she's built, if you were to lose everything, the cameras, the website, everything, like how do you rebuild? I mean, do I still have clients? Are you <laughs> they can still book me. I still get money. I'll buy right back. <laughs> Put on my credit card. Credit. Pay it off. Even though you're debt free. Even though I'm debt free. Um, I mean... I feel like I've been put in those situations before, even after I got out of debt and I had all this money built up, I had a roommate, not, this isn't like <laughs> awkward cause it wasn't you. Um, but I had a roommate before that like moved out and I ended up having to take over the rest of our rent, which was a lot in Seattle and then moved to Portland and I didn't get paid from Starbucks and my other job for a long time. And I just was at zero. <laughs> Again, and that was heartbreaking to me because I worked so hard to do that. Yeah. So I think, I think I'm just kind of, again, like a fight or flight type of thing. Like I've always just figured out a way and nothing really super bothers me. Yeah. Things bother me. Weird things bother me. But I don't think it would be that, it'd be really frustrating and I'd be really upset. Yeah. But it, I would be here next year on a podcast about it. 
be good. <laughs> be a good story to tell. Okay. But yeah. La- last question. Oh man. Okay. Um, you meet your 18 year old self. Okay. And they ask one piece of advice. You get to tell them one thing. What is it? You do you boo boo. <laughs> Seriously though. I feel like I, when I was 18, I went to Australia and that was kind of the kickstart of me taking my life and doing what I wanted with it. Yeah. And I just never stopped. And so honestly, just don't ever stop doing what you're doing right now. Cause it works and you're going to be single for another 10 years, but that's fine. I'm bitter about <laughs> you'll it. Eventually you'll meet him. You'll say no to him. He'll come back. <laughs> you'll have a baby. So yeah, just do what you're doing. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you again for being the first interviewee of this podcast. Um, I knew it was going to be really easy to go for an hour. So <laughs> there's that. Um, but yeah, let us know, like we've already mentioned it, your business, Hand Anomaly, where can they find you? Where they can, where can they follow you? Go ahead and just plug yourself and then we'll get okay. out of here. Um, so my website is anomaly.com, which is like anomaly, which is a great word. If you don't know what the word means, look it up um, with an H because you know, and, or my Instagram is at anomaly photo. My Facebook is anomaly really just type in that word and you'll find my face. Um, and yeah, I am here for you and you and also you. (laughs) So that's me. Nice. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Hannah, for being on this show going through all the quirky hiccups and bumps that the first episode is always going to bring. And Something fell at some point. I don't yeah, know. My phone fell. The computer cars. Went off. It's fine. It's cool. But all right. Well, I'm sure we'll have you on here again. And yep. have a good day, everyone. Thanks. Have a good day.